Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. How was your weekend? Weather still holding up remarkably well. Uh, I never checked on this yet. Let's go. I'm, I'm so jacked for the weekend, man. Um, it's going to be one of the best weekends of my year, to be quite honest with you. Oh, it's going to be hot. In terms of uh, football weekend, I cannot absolutely... I can't wait, man. I got... Uh, okay, so uh, 29 today. Smoke in the air tomorrow. Thir- uh, 31.30. On Wednesday, 31 on Thursday, sunny and 29, sunny and 30, and a mixed sun cloud 27 for Labor Day. Love it. Um, Friday, it's going to be a beautiful night for Rams football. You'll be calling the game with Ryan Hall. Can't wait for that. The season opener, that'll be a good one. Um, and I'm leaving on Thursday to head down to the United States to watch my son's home opener, the UND Fighting Hawks against Drake. I don't know what the hell... Drake's team name is Drake. Um, mm, I knew this one, but I can't remember now. They're they're from Iowa, though. I mm. think Des Moines, mm. Des Moines, Iowa. Mm. So this is a huge story that just came down. So, anyways, there's that, and then there's the game on Sunday, the Riders and the Blue Bombers. So this is a big story, folks, and I don't think we can undermine that. Bulldogs. Okay. Sorry. Johnny Bright's old school, former uh, CFL great. Dakota Shepley's been cut by the Indianapolis Colts. He's bounced around the NFL after leaving your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a UBC offensive lineman. Great guy. Now, I don't think the Riders have his rights anymore, but he knows the system and the Riders have money, okay? Dakota Shepley would be, I hope Jeremy O'Day's on the phone. Mm. The other one, I, this is, I, I, we had him on the show. I've been going, I haven't been going back and forth with him. He's kind of gone radio silent. But we're into the back half of the season now, okay? We're th- the big cuts come down tomorrow in the NFL. So maybe O'Day and Kyle Carson, and they do their kicking the tires. But here's an interest. So Brett Jones is still out there. He's still in town coaching the University of Regina Rams, helping out there. You've heard Mark McConkie talk about that. Brett Jones apparently still working out. Part of his reasoning help in coaching is to stay active. And last time we talked to Brett Jones, he's like, uh, I want to kind of go out on my own terms, but if I can get into school, the U of S, then I'm going to do that, right? He didn't, because he wants to be a dentist, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um or pharmacist. Or pharmacist or something like that. I and, believe his dad's a pharmacist. And his what in the Waverner. And yeah. his uh his wife, he said it right here. She kinda they don't really want to move anymore. Like they kinda wanna be here. He has that Calgary Stampeders blood, I know that. But 
Wouldn't that be a nice addition? Brett Jones or Dakota Shepley? Me thinks, me thinks O'Day's working the phones here, and that would be a unbelievable yeah, be acquisition or two. Wouldn't that be? Uh, you, you would have to believe. I think he might get another NFL look, maybe. But at Brett the, Jones at this point, I don't think no, so. No, no, no. Dakota, Dakota, Dakota. But here's if, how I think it goes. I think if Brett Jones, if Brett Jones decides to join the Rough Riders down the back half here and think about the money he can get. Think about this. He's been working out. He's healthy and he can make a uh, he's going to come in with fresh legs and a fresh body and NFL caliber offensive lineman that's the right birth certificate. If O'Day can get this done, if it's indeed going to happen, I don't know, I'm just saying. If O'Day could get him, then Jones would be the guy in, and then Dakota, Dakota be your backup. But that that's the, those are the two guys. I've been wondering about that, and I've been texting Brett, and we've been going back and forth before, but he's kind of gone radio silent. So, um, I don't know, interesting, very no, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that's a good thing or uh, as far as coming back or not. Yeah, I don't know. What do you mean? No, like if he if he no if he goes radio silent, I yeah. wonder if oh. if that's a sign that he might be coming back, or if it's the opposite. That's well, what I, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't obviously think, it's good no, if he comes back. No, I don't back. think he'd. I don't think he'd want to tell me. But I, the last one I said, have you just have you found basically how I asked him said, have you found out if you've gotten into school? Because he said if he's getting into school, it's over, and mm. I get that. But school starts this week, so mm. if Brett Jones is still around. I guess you could do online classes, but I think Brett Joe, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. You got all your life to go to school and be a doctor. You only have a, a, a limited lifespan to be a football player. Anyway, 936-6262, the number to call locally or 1-866-767-0620. We got Coach Craig Dickinson after five. A lot of people saying Mason Fine's going to start a quarterback. I don't think we know that. We'll ask Coach Dickinson when he's on the show. We're the only one that gets him uh, every Monday uh, by ourselves. That and would be crazy. We're actually the only ones that get him. There's nobody back till Wednesday to deal with the media. So we get him. You could send your texts, and we'll pass along those texts as long as they're respectful. Now, the theme of this show today is something that my uh, I've, I've got some great advice in my life. Nothing good ever happens after midnight, generally. You've only got one name, so make sure you protect your name. I think I've done that for the most part, although there are people that hate me. Believe me, I already saw it to start the day. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, and the other thing that I was told is perception is it's kind of with your name. Perception is everything, and facts are negotiable. Okay, so facts are facts, but it's how people perceive you. You can change the facts, but perception is sometimes more important. So. Let's start with um, the Edmonton Elks are a crappy football team. Remember how we said, well, you would never bet on them, but remember how I said (laughs) Edmonton is not as bad as you think. They're not that bad of a team. They're a professional football team. They should have beat Winnipeg, right? They beat Hamilton, and they beat Ottawa yesterday in pretty convincing fashion. Perception is they're a bad team. Facts are they're not that bad of a team. And how about that? They win. Just like we predicted here on the sports cage. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we said Hamilton would go down to defeat 
Did you say that? I did for sure. I did, yeah. And I said they would lose to they would beat Ottawa and end their skid, which they did. Mm-hmm. So a losing skid. By the way, it is a losing skid. That must be driving you up the walls. Oh my huh? god. <laughs> my I even had a newspaper writer say, "No, it's a it's a it's a losing streak." Even Miriam Webster says, "Yeah, you know what? Uh Miriam Webster also says that irregardless is a word now because so many stupid people use the word irregardless, they made it a word." Irregardless. Yeah. Yeah, it's a winning streak and a losing skid. Anyway, how about that? What a and Trey Ford is he not the most dynamic athlete in the CFL right now? No, oh, yeah, he's like uh, he's looking like a 2002 type Michael Vick. You know who he is? No, no, he's he, scampering around. You know around. who he is? Hmm. Even maybe a leave, even a little more. He's the Canadian version, the CFL version of Jalen Hurts. He oh. runs around. Oh. I wouldn't say Hertz has got the strongest arm. Yeah. Runs around, makes plays. Man, when he gets that edge, unbelievable. Where would the Elks be, thank God? Where would the Elks be had Ford been in three weeks ago? Once again, Zinger. Perception is everything and facts are negotiable. I say this to you. Stubborn Chris Jones hurt his team because Trey Ford is from Waterloo, Ontario. Canada. That's where he played his college ball, Waterloo. He didn't play at Washington or Washington State or Virginia. If he was, well, look at this guy, Oklahoma State. Four, what do you get? Four, four and 23 as a starter, Taylor Cornelius? Yeah. This guy comes in and all he does is give him a chance to win. Perception and facts. How about this? Dave Dickinson. How many times did people call in here and say, Dave Dickinson? I'd rather have. Why can't Craig be more like his brother Dave? Why can't he be more like his brother Dave? Uh, Dave's record is what this year? What's Dave's record? Three and eight. Three and eight. Two I games believe. back to the Riders. Uh, Zinger, is Dave Dickinson uh, uh, a terrible coach? Is he an awful coach? Davey? No. No, but. But but he but he is. Yeah. They're three and eight. Perception is everything, and facts are negotiable. Orlando Steinauer. What's Ooh, his record? What, what a win that was. What's his record? Four and six, I yeah, believe. Yeah, is he a terrible coach? No. Mm, well, if you asked us last week, maybe. Well, no, we said, how does he still have his job? Yeah. But that I see doesn't what mean, you're saying. That I doesn't mean he's saying. a terrible coach. Yeah. He's been to the Grey Cup no. how many times in the last three years? Yeah, I see okay, He's obviously uh, not. No. How, about, uh, how about Bob Dice? Didn't we hear all along, oh, thank God Bob Dice got a chance. What a, It's great that he's a, he's finally gets his own program. You watch Ottawa take off. Bob Dice, is he a terrible coach? No. Uh, by the way, terrible roster. Okay. Maybe. Okay. So then, so then, so then, here's the other call we get. Here's the other call we get. Craig Dickinson is terrible. I can't wait till Craig Dickinson's gone. People making up songs. Can't wait that he till he's gone. And this guy's horrible. And can't make decisions. And get rid of him. What's Craig Dickinson's record? Five and five. Okay. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So uh, he had a bad year last year. The year before, didn't they get to the West Final? Mm-hmm. And the year before that was canceled. But the year before that, when they played, where did they get to again? West Final. Right, cross right, 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 away. right, right. With a with a glorified backup quarterback that played over his skis and hit a crossbar with a guy wide open in the end zone. Point is, it's perceived he's an awful coach, but actually, if you want to look at the facts, he's actually a pretty decent coach. Now, 
As I said, after the Riders beat BC, this league is wide open. It's wide open. Oh. At least at least for five teams. Okay? Um, and here are the five teams. And I'll get to the power rankings later, but here are the five teams. Toronto is the best team in the league. Okay? But obviously, uh, we're starting to see some cracks in Kelly's game. He's He's been turning the football over. Yes, he makes some plays, but he gives you a chance to uh, to burn them, okay? He gives you a chance to stay in the game at times. And injuries starting to pile up on the Argos that could affect them. They have, like, the best special teams in the league, Yeah, they do. Say. Javon Leak is kicking ass. There's no doubt. And they got a great kicker. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Winnipeg, another team with a chance of the Great Cup. Can they hold off father time this season? Yes, I know they blew Montreal out, but... Perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. That was a 20-17 to game with two pick-sixes for Zach Kalaros, who has thrown four pick-sixes in his last five games that he started. <laughs> and they're 9-2. And and Perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. They're a good team. Are they great? I don't know. I don't know. Man. Uh, the Rough Riders, another team with a chance. And I have the Riders three in my power rankings. Coaching... Needs to be more consistent. Play calling on the offensive side. Uh, you know, Dickey's got to tidy up one or two errors, maybe like a like a like. And there was a there was a couple of uh, excuses or reasoning why they uh, uh, had a time count at the end of the last game, but they got to eliminate those. So I admit that the offensive line has got to play like it did against BC, and they got to tread water till Trevor Harris comes back which he's expected to be back in October. So if we can get Dolagala in fine to, to get us a couple more wins, we're sitting in good shape. BC, my question of BC, another team that has a chance to win. The offensive line is leaky. That offensive line for the Lions is leaky. It's been leaking oil. That was a bad loss. And can Vernon Adams, it wasn't his fault this last game, but can he win you three games? Can Vernon Adams win you a semifinal at home, a final in Winnipeg, and a Grey Cup. Can he win three weeks in a row as the quarterback? High pressure. I, I haven't not, seen it. I ain't picking him. I haven't seen it. He could, but I haven't seen it. And the other team that I think has a chance to win, even though they're only a game up on Edmonton, I still think Calgary has an outside chance. Jake Mayer, he's got to show me he can get the job done when the game's on the line, and he hasn't done that yet. But... Bagleton's picking up steam. The receiving core is coming together under under the direction of Nick Lewis. They still got some playmakers on defense. And I still buy Dickinson, Huffnagel, that resume. I still buy it. I might even pick Edmonton over Calgary at this point, yeah. which is which is really weird because I, 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 I would rather have Trey Ford than Jake the Snake Mayor, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. His playmaking ability, Jake Mayer, I'm a wild. But I think that... The, stands there. I just, think the league... There's, flops around. There are four teams with a chance to win. And you'll say, what about Montreal? They're six and four. Montreal's quarterbacking isn't good enough. It's yeah. not good enough. It's not good enough. Yeah, they're pretenders. They're, huh? they're, 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 their defense is great, but their offense is not good enough at the quarterback position. Also want to give a tip of the hat to the attendance. How, Winnipeg, so, oh, yeah. Winnipeg had a great attendance on the last Thursday night game. Um, Toronto, 17,000. They should yeah. have an exhibition there every yeah. game. And BC at 20 Two thousand for Hamilton in there, and that's generally not a good draw for the uh, 
for the BC Lions. Even back in the day when they were getting fans, the East team that comes out there generally doesn't do well. That's a good that's a good uh, show there. And Edmonton even had a pretty decent crowd. I don't know how much of that was papered, but it looked half decent. So, yeah, good on uh, good on the CFL. It was a great weekend. And by the way, before we go to break here. The Regina, okay, that's a losing skid that Edmonton ended oh, at yeah, home. Yeah. A winning streak is what the Regina Thunder's doing. Oh, I went wow. to that game for the first quarter and I left 14 nothing. Thought it must be me, and it turns out it was me. They beat the Rifles 45 14. They poured on 45 points after I left. I will tell you this they, they have, snowballed it. Yeah, they have not lost a regular season game since October 20th, 2019. Wow. And they lost to the Huskies. That's over two years, regular season. Get out and watch Regina Thunder football at Liable Field. Yeah. What a great setting, you man. You like those threads, the new threads? Those are nice those threads. Those are nice threads, man. Yeah, they're yeah. looking the good. The boys must have been amped, huh? Hey, all it takes is, awesome. all it takes to get a guy like Mirad Al-Khatib on board, and then everybody starts flocking. Uh, hey, you're welcome to call in 936-6262 in town. Toll free, out of town, one 866 Agree with what I say. Don't agree with what I say. Our theme for the show perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. When we come back, we are going to uh, hear from Dwayne Mandrusiak, the former equipment manager of the then Edmonton Eskimos. He worked with Rich Stubler, the longtime CFL assistant who passed away at the age of 74. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, we got to do some housekeeping here. We're gonna. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, mix-up with Dwayne. He uh, thought it was another time, so Dwayne Mandrusiak will join us about three thirty-five. Okay, talking about the um, life of Rich Stubler, longtime CFL assistant who passed away at the age of seventy-four. He was in Clearwater working as a defensive coordinator for the prep school down there. All right. Um, so last week we endeavored to raise funds for T.J. Brunson, the Rough Rider. Linebacker who administered the hardest, loudest, very clean hit that we've seen here. Loudest and hardest, and I think it was clean. CFL didn't see it that way. They find him. So I said, there's no way a guy that's been toiling on our practice roster, making macaroni and cheese salary, is going to pay his own fine when he just did a simple, clean, hard football play that juiced the team up and really sent us on our way to beating the BC Lions. And the fans agreed. They all agreed. So we had... TC at Medicine at 150 bucks. Robert Anderson, $100. Curtis Moore, 25 bucks. Sheldon Metalewski, 25 bucks. Uh, Todd and Don Wilson, 25 bucks. You donated money. I gave 50 bucks. Phil Benson gave 50 bucks. Mark C. Sorensen gave 25. Kelly Bruce gave 25. Dennis Krenkowicz, 25. Uh, Andrew Tutty, 15. Wes Saworski, 50. Paul Harrison, uh, lawyer friend of mine, amateur football coach, a lot of time over at Lebolas, the son-in-law, Tom Shepard, he gave $50, and so did Chad Cronk, $20. All in all, the fine was $250, not $500. I, I checked with TJ on the weekend. So we're paying off TJ Brunson's fine of $250, and the other $400, which got us to $650, is going well, we got the 670, but I'm going to pitch in another 10 and get us to uh, 
Sorry, we got the 640. I'm going to give us another 10 and get us to 650. So that will get us up to $400 going to the charity of his choice. I have no idea what that charity is, but we will bring you up to speed when he's back at practice on Wednesday. So, so you said that you talked to TJ? Yeah, I what? talked. He was, well, he's going to talk to us personally, but he was like, I can't believe it. I'm so grateful. That is unbelievable. Thank you, man. So, well, don't thank me. Thank the great listeners, and I'll give you a chance to do that. So he's like, I can't believe people would do that for me. I said, yep, they would. <laughs> Rider Nation, man. That's how Rider Nation rolls. Now, go out there and kick some blue bomber's ass. If you lay out the bomber returner like that, I will pay it all day of the week. <laughs> I'll give you some of my check. Just drill that guy into the ground. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, kudos to uh, the uh, Sports Cage listeners for coming through once again. 650 bucks, 250 to his fine, 400 to a charity of his choice locally. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> It's hard to believe, but people were like, they're on Twitter. They're like, and I love the fake ones. Like, oh, well, how much money did you raise? I said, I'll let you know Monday. Oh, just check his bank account and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, and then I got this one. This this is uh, social media's uh, beauty. Yeah, I'm not going to give the guy's name, because, but it's just funny. Ballsy's one of the biggest clowns in Regina. He thinks he knows everything. I always used to laugh on the post-game show when he was on with the actual knowledgeable panelists uh, that would make him sound dumb. Hell, even most of his callers make him sound dumb. <laughs> oh, well. Haters, hey, as a, I'll just Haters say. Haters gonna hate. I always say this. I, I read an interview, or I listened to an interview with Joe, because, you know, sometimes like, okay, maybe. So I listened to Joe Buck, and Joe Buck, because he's hated. Joe Buck is hated. He said, if people don't hate you, then you're, like, if you're hated, you're doing something right. Mm. No, you, that's you do, true. You're doing something right. And my broadcast professor always said, just make sure they spell your name right. If they know who you are, good or bad, that's all, as long as they're listening. And that's how I feel. And you can listen to us right here, 620 CKRM on the airwaves or online, 620 CKRM app. And you can check all the details out at our website. We are always in range. Or you can check us out later in podcast form. And you can always weigh in. The phone lines are always open, good or bad. As long as we can air it, you call, you call in. You got a beef with me? Let's do it. Want to talk about the riders? How you think this back half's going to go? Give me some of your favorite Labor Day memories. Let's roll. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 3.33 sports ticker time, and all right, things went off the rails this weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. Shortstop Bo Bichette, third baseman Matt Chapman, both left Sunday's extra innings loss to the Cleveland Guardians, both with injuries. And not only did Toronto drop two of three versus Cleveland, but the Jays now find themselves two and a half games back of the Astros and the Rangers for that final playoff spot. But they will look to turn things around tonight at the Rogers Center as the 61-70 and 70 Washington Nationals are in Toronto to take on the Jays. It's a three-game series. First pitch tonight at 5.07. Each week, the Sports Cage highlights a coach making a difference both on and off the playing surface. This is the Coach of the Week. One of the great amateur coaches, Zinger. Longtime amateur coach with the Regina Thunder, Stefan Ensign. Here's some of the quarterbacks he's coached. John Mackey. Or, sorry. Uh, yeah, John Mackey. Sawyer Bittner. Um, Mason Nias. In like uh, T 
Team Sask situations. Mm. Jordan Yance, Asher Hastings, and he uh, turned a guy who really wasn't a quarterback into a half-decent quarterback last year in Carter Shuchuk. Got him all the way to the uh, Canadian Championship, losing a close one here uh, to uh, Okanagan. And yesterday, I watched the first quarter of that game, and uh, Carter Moberg out of Swift Current, I believe? Where's he from? I believe it's Swift yeah, Current. Yeah, you, you're right. Anyway, you're right. You're he, right. Uh, he, he's slinging it around the field. Still needs a little work. Uh, I left when he was struggling a bit at times, but uh, he had the ball over the yard after I left. Uh, Thunder won 45-14. So our coach of the week is Stefan Ensign, who uh, is a, a quarterback whisperer at the junior level. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Here with one of the great characters in CFL history, longtime equipment manager for the Edmonton Eskimos and Elks. That'd be Dwayne Mandrusiak. Uh Actually, you weren't you weren't with the Elks. You're just Edmonton Eskimos, right? Because uh, you uh, during COVID, that's when uh, you you were done with the team, right? That's right. I, I've never played or worked a, a day for the Elks. I'm I'm a born and raised Eskimo. Yeah. So before we get to that, this is hilarious. Trying to get a hold of you, uh, y- you told me your your phone got ran over by a car. So you're you're using your son's or one of your son's phones. How did your phone get run over by a car, Dwayne? You know what? I got a bunch of lumber because we were fixing some uh, of a, the panels on my fence, and I put the phone on the back bumper of this truck, and uh, I was put all these pieces of wood in, and I, I'm getting old and forgetting things, I think, and I just pulled away, and the, the phone fell off of the Home Depot parking lot, and the guy drove over it and saw it, but picked it up and somehow got a hold of me, and I... Uh, I just got the phone. It was weeks old, so my my uh, my plan lasts another year. So I'm I'm in a world of hurt. Not funny for you, but I tell you what, man, uh, you're full of great stories. Even that. So, Dwayne, this is where I wanted to go with this here before we get into why I really called you. The Elks win yesterday, so they end that big uh, losing skid at home. Do you do you still see yourself as a proud alumni, or is that uh, kind of mixed feelings for you? I haven't uh, been associated with the football club uh, since I uh, left. I've uh, gone in other uh, directions. I'm working at a golf course, and I'm working with a friend of mine at a elite promotional and um, marketing. And so I've been fairly busy. I have, um, I've kind of let that stuff settle down, and we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, right now I'm uh, pretty happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. Are you happy, though, that the uh – that they returned to the double E on the helmet. I think that's iconic and it needed to come back. Uh, absolutely. I, I, um, I'm glad that they did that. I, I, I didn't think of the two pieces of wilted lettuce, uh, <laughs> really, uh, let us know who we were, but, um, you know what? It's, um, I would have probably gone a little bit further and, and brought back the, uh, the, the old oval, uh, Oval Deco, and but uh, their 75th anniversary is coming up, so I'll be interested to see what they do. Okay, so Dwayne, uh, in your time, you met a lot of great people—the Don Matthews, the Hugh Campbells, and the list of Warren Moons. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, where does Rich Stubler rank there? Is he just recently passed away at the age of 74 with six teams, including the Eskimos, five-time Grey Cup champ? I'll tell you what, Rich is a great guy and um, was wonderful to us. He was 
I, uh, I judge, I measure guys by how they treat the, the locker room kids who, who um, work their butts off for very little pay. And Rich was one of the classiest guys. I'll tell you what, uh, in, from 91 to 95, I had the most amazing coaching staff with Ron Lancaster as the head coach and Rich as the DC and Adam Reed as the OC and Bill McDermott for the O-line and Mark Nelson, Greg Newhouse. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better crew back then. And, and Rich was, was wonderful. I mean, he's so creative with his defense, had everyone uh, confused for the first uh, few years until they started figuring some of it out. But he was constantly, he was like the mad scientist. He was constantly changing things and doing stuff. And he um, he worked his butt off. I'll tell you what, I, we would come in early and Rich would have been there for hours already. And and um, even when he left, and he left, I was lucky enough to have Rich three times on our staff, uh, different years and stuff, but he would uh, always come to our equipment room and he remembered my son's name and, and um, always asked about him and came in to make sure he gave me a hug and told me that he loved me and missed me. And, and I missed him too. You know, I mean, he was, you, know, you get, you, you'll find the good ones. You never forget the other ones, the bad ones are gone in a flash. But uh, when I heard the news the other day, I, um, I, a little bit of my heart out. You know, it's it's funny you bring it up like that, Dwayne. It's a good way to put it because, you know, there's a football lifer that bounced around. He loved the game, but when you get asked back that many times, for instance, three times in Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Hamilton, when you're asked that many times back, there's a reason, right? Absolutely there is. You know, there's so many guys out there. The life of an assistant coach is a nomadic type of life. If you get more than a couple years at a at a, a with a team, you're doing pretty good, you know, and and uh, so there's, you know, Rich was uh, always welcome back, and and he's such a class guy. I mean, he um, he epitomized what the CFL is all about. I don't, I don't. Was he a single guy? And I'm only saying that because I don't know if he had any kids, but to me, he would treat the players like they were an extension of his family, like kids. Absolutely. I mean, you have to do that. I mean, you have to. You have to show the players that they, I mean, this is the last uh, sports league that you play really for the love of the game. You don't, you don't, nobody retires once they finish playing in the CFL. And so you become, it's a different uh, type of atmosphere and, and the players are more appreciative of what, what you do for them. And the coaches are the same way. They, you know, they, they, they're not making the millions that the NFL coaches are making. They, they still spend the same amount of hours and, and um, you know what, I, I always laugh because the Canadian people always bag on the CFL that, because uh, it's not as exciting enough. But I, when I go to these conventions in the States, the Americans loved our game. And they used to say, we'd, we'd love to use your, uh, your rules, but then we'd have to show everybody that you guys were right. And um, so, it's, you know, when you see these different things that coaches come up with and, and all the things and how excited they get, they're like little kids on the sidelines, you know, and then, and it uh, it keeps you coming back. It, it it kept the fire going for me all the time. You know, it's really I'm glad a guy like you who who uh, can speak at the structural level, like you're the behind the scenes, really foundational guy, and and you were for many many years. Um, it's good you say that because we do we don't we don't appreciate the game we have and the people like Rich Stubler that go through our game like legends and just everyday people that you can reach out and touch, so to speak. Like it is it is a great. League. League when you think about it. and you're right it's the last league where yeah you get paid but for the most part you're you're playing for the love of the game they have the same injuries that the guys in the NFL get 
at half the amount of money that they get, probably less than that even. And you know what? They uh, but none of them complain. I mean, the guys they come into work and they have, I tell it's kind of like I told my kids when they're in high school: have the time of your life because it goes by so fast that you blink and, and your career's over. And 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 that's what happened with me. I mean, I, I you go and all of a sudden you sit back and you finally get a chance to reflect on what you've what you've been through and you realize what well, 49 years went by in a flash, you know, and, and, uh, you, I don't forget any of these guys that I like with rich and these guys. And I see Mark Nelson, we stay in touch and, and I, the coaches are my age. So I, I'm, I related more to the coaches than most of the kids that are playing. Yeah. I have a new appreciation too. Uh, you know, in my, I'm going to be 51 on Friday and I'm on the, and, uh, a younger Michael Ball just into this profession might be a little more critical of uh, of the players, but I sit there and I'm thinking, geez, these guys could be my son. You kind of get a different appreciation of it as you go along in your life. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 67 on Monday, and <laughs> and uh, I don't feel that age at all. But you know what? And, and the young kids keep those players kept me young and and stuff. So the um, you know they're the same age as my kids now. You know and. And so I, I, it was fun. Actually, it was like raising a hundred kids a year, you know. Yeah. And um, but and they all have their own worries. And they all have their own concerns. And they're um, you know when they're not playing, they they get the they start to think the coaches don't like them. And I was like Switzerland. I I would try to keep the kids happy and keep the coaches from cutting them. You know. <laughs> I love it, Dwayne. Uh, we'll catch up again. Thanks for your uh, thoughts on Rich Stuber. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Have a great day. Always great talking to you, buddy. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, everybody. Michael Ball here, along with Sean Kleisinger, 936-6262, the number to text, or you can always call that number, or 1-866-767-0620. The Regina Thunder have not lost on home turf since... October 20th, 2019, when they, well, sorry, they haven't lost in the regular season since October 20th, 2019. Let's go to the phone, say hi to their coach, Scott McCauley, who joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Scott, congratulations on the win. Yeah, thank you very much. It was, uh, it was a good game. You know, there was a lot of adversity at the, the start of the game. Our guys came out a little bit slow, but I'm glad to see that they're able to bounce back and, uh, come on with the big win in the very end. Yeah, I was there for the first quarter. I left 14 nothing. I should stay away, I guess. Or I should have left earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but uh, it, it, it was, I think our guys were I think they were, they were excited and they were a little bit nervous. You know, first game of the year at home, a lot of family and friends wearing brand new jerseys. Great crowd. Um, and I think they were just a little bit uh, too too tight. And so we're going to be working on that to make sure that our guys are a little bit more focused, a little bit more loose as we get into into the start of games. Now I know the the uh, the Hilltops games coming up here after the bye, and that's at Mosaic Stadium, and you, you have it there because you have more fans, obviously, coming to that game than any other game. But what a great atmosphere it is at Libel Field. That that does give you like a. It does kind of have a. Back when I used to play the Rams, go to Gordie Howe Bowl, you had a home field advantage. It kind of feels like you have a home field advantage there. Yeah, I, like I, we absolutely love going to Libel Field. And, like, you know, there's probably about a 1,000 people uh, that pay to get in or whatever, and who knows how many other tickets were, were outside of that. But, you know, about 1,000 to 1,200 people there, and it's absolutely packed. It's loud. It's great for the, 
the players and just I think everybody in the stands like they're talking about all how much fun it was and it was, it was a good environment. It'd be nice to play the Hilltops there and maybe pack the berm as well. Yeah, that that would be uh, outstanding. Uh, Scott, talk about your quarterback uh, at the start. Was a little off, just like your team, but uh, he was slinging it around at the end there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carter Moberg, is, uh, this is his first year starting. Uh, he's played absolutely extremely well the like the first two games and I think with any new quarterback, you know, you're gonna get some peaks and you're gonna get some valleys and you know, um, you know, maybe at the beginning of the game he struggled a little bit, but like also not really either. Like uh you know, like there's some drop balls, right? And our receivers need to, to make those plays. Um so we're 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 extremely proud with the uh, how much he's progressed forward here the last uh the last couple of weeks and Chris Ashman and Stephen Ensign, they've done a good job. Yeah, talk about uh, Woodley, that uh, young receiver uh, who's been practicing with the Riders from the Boston area. He made a nice one-handed catch uh, running across the field away from your bench uh, in the game. Um, how much of a difference have you noticed him uh, You know, practicing with the Riders and transitioning that to your uh, level of play? Yeah, I mean, like he he's always worked hard in practice and stuff, but like now you can see that it's just a lot more crisp, like in his route running and his ability to make quicker reads and stuff. Um, but like the one thing with Willie too is that like he's put on some good size this year as well. Like he's extremely fit and and he's getting a health, he's getting a lot thicker and stuff as well. So it's tougher to bring him down. Um, but he's definitely a shifty, fast guy. Uh, how much you know? pride you taking that the Riley Schicks the Woodleys those kind of guys are the worlds that uh, you know and of course you had the Logan Furlins playing up at the big club full time but just the, the the thunder influence with the riders now yeah it's it's pretty cool to have that relationship with the riders you know and uh especially Jeremy O'Day like he's allowing us to uh you know create even stronger bonds and give opportunities to the guy that maybe wouldn't get it and like a prime guys like like you said, like Riley Schick, like the kid that's from like Lumsden, Saskatchewan and played nine man football and came to us and, you know, like I, he might go to school down the road, but right now he's not, you know, and so it's an opportunity for a guy to get bigger, faster, stronger, get that experience and then maybe he'll sign with them directly, uh, directly from the Thunder or straight to, to the Riders next year. Like who knows, but they at least got eyes on them and I think it's something we're incredibly proud of. Like one, we have a strong enough relationship that uh, the riders are allowing us to do that. And two, like, you know, there's a lot of, we've had a lot of local kids here or people that have been within our program that we've been able to develop to get to that point that, you know, they're good enough to, to go there and compete and, and uh, you know, make a name for themselves. You know, how cool is it? It's not just a one-man show, but how cool is it to have a guy like Murad who can influence a lot of people and, you know, and all the sponsors that are getting on board now. you got the new jerseys, like you said. Uh, you, you fixed up your clubhouse. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a destination in junior football to come play for the Regina Thunder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, that's the one thing, like, it's... We're all working hard to make this like a real special place. So when people come here, you know, they get to be a part of something um, that's genuine and authentic and, and, and people come here and they care and they know they're going to be taken care of. And so it's something I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of. I mean, we talk to our guys all the time. Like when I played back in 2000, you know, we we're practicing on a gopher hole filled field right behind, uh, you know, uh, Curry baseball diamonds. You know, and there's like tons of gopher holes. So there's like a baseball uh, diamond there that, um, you know, with all the dirt and stuff. And now, you know, we got two, we have two grass fields. Our clubhouse, you know, was uh, in rough shape and we've been able to fix the floors like in the weight room and just provide a great atmosphere for 
atmosphere for people to, to, to work in and, and hang out in. So it's, it's something I'm extremely proud of. And we're very fortunate with people like Murad and a lot of the other directors that are volunteering their time to, uh, to help us out. So, uh, you know, sometimes stats are for losers and sometimes they tell something. You guys haven't lost, and we've talked about this, you haven't lost a regular season game since October 20th, 2019. Now, you haven't won the Ultimate Championship, I get that, but what does that mean for your program, for you heading that program, to uh, to have that streak going on? Because that does speak to something to me. Yeah, like... You know, we, we talked about the other day and I gave you like the, the generic answer back or whatever, but like upon reflection and stuff, it's something that, you know, I think I, I'm extremely proud of. It shows like all the effort that our volunteer coaches and volunteer support staff and volunteer board of directors have done is, you know, it's paying off and, and, and we're doing things the right way. And at some point it's going to come to an end, but I mean, right now, like I didn't even know what was really happening until you, you brought it up here, but, um, you know, it makes me extremely proud because we work hard to do things the right way or the best we possibly can and, you know, to be rewarded with, with those victories and then have it keep on compounding on is, is pretty special. I think it, it, to me, it validates that we're doing things the right way. We need to keep on doing that to make sure we try to stay ahead of the curve. What I found cool, too, is I was standing at the top there, that nice where you can stand at Libel Field, and just below me were the group of your guys that weren't dressed, and they're banging drums, and they're being loud and supportive but polite at the same time. That, that speaks to good character on your team. Yeah, I mean, we have a John Toker our leadership development coordinator, and he works hard on our culture, and, and, and it's funny because like, a lot of the guys that are on the field playing – were those guys in the stands last year or the year before, and they understand that like everybody has a specific role, and you know some guys maybe won't like that role, and they got to make a decision if they want to stick around or not. But you know the scout team guys are the ones that are like, giving our players uh, the the picture that they're going to possibly see that upcoming weekend, and, and, and pushing them in practice to, to compete and you know get those looks. So when we get to a game, like we've almost like have already played the game several times going into it, and, and those guys, like it's great to see them in the stands having fun and making memories. And um, you know, like I, I'm a dad too, and I can't wait to see my kids up there banging the drum one of these days. No kidding. And you're also the guy that does the laundry. I heard from a little birdie, one of the board members said I caught he caught you doing laundry the other day, and he's like, "Why is my head coach doing laundry?" And you said, "Well, it needed to get done." So you even do the laundry, Macaulay? Yeah, you just get get it get it done, man. People that are always doing different things. Yeah. I know a whole bunch of people have tried to be the head coach here a few times too. So yeah, well, you're, <laughs> people see a bit of a boy, they all jump yeah. in. So. You better not tell your wife Susan that you're doing the laundry at uh, at the clubhouse because you're probably not doing it at home, right? Absolutely. Keep it quiet. She doesn't need to know nothing. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, man, take care. Congratulations. Enjoy the bye. All right, thank you very much. Take care of that. Bye. Scott McCauley, head coach of the undefeated Regina Thunder, the PFC, 3-0. and That gives them a 19-0 run in the last two years plus in the regular season. Keep it going, boys, but push it over the top, that championship this year. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go, 936-6262, the number to text for the Capital Auto Group. You can call that number locally. We've got an open spot here if you want to jump in or one 866 Your favorite Labor Day memories, Kerry Joseph running in? 
For me, it's my first ever Radder Rocky, game. Is that Rocky Butler? No, 1996 was my first ever Radder game. It was I a Labor Day Labor classic? Day. Yeah. Is that Patrick for, Kleisinger went? Yeah, the whole family went. Oh. Me, my mom, my dad, and my brother sat row one on the bomber sideline uh, towards the south end. 96? Was that line. Reggie Slack? I believe Reggie was in the game, yeah. yeah. Did it they was win? either him or Warren Jones. Did they win? Yeah, we won, yep. Yeah. We yeah. always found a way to win. We've lost the last two. It's time to take that The back. Bombers had blue helmets at the time. Oh, Remember yeah. Those, those ones? ugly ones. Yeah. That was ugly. Yeah, that I, was I have first. to admit, I like how they go back. It's my favorite game because the Bombers have the traditional jerseys, and we have those really nice old school ones we should always wear. Uh, Kerry Joseph, great cow. Or, uh, yeah, that was, that was the too. That was the that was one. Um, Rocky Butlers, yeah. when nobody thought yeah. we'd win with Rocky Butler. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Uh, There's so many good ones. There was one there where... Uh, Winnipeg had to win. Once again, perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. Mike oh, yeah. O'Shea is a uh, good coach, but it was perceived that if he doesn't win this game, yeah, he's that. getting fired. That was and the storyline leading up yeah. to the week all well, I think that long. was the one where Medlock kicked the game-winning field goal because I was in the end zone, and I'm doing the sidelines, and I'm in the end zone, and i got to get a comment right after the game. I'm the only sideline guy, and I'm covering both sidelines, and I'm standing behind the goalpost. And and it wasn't the last play of the game, but it was enough to know yeah. that it would have been the winning field goal. And I'm like, okay, do I go Winnipeg or do I go Saskatchewan? <laughs> and then as soon as it was up, it's like I start walking to yeah. Winnipeg. I know he won it. So yeah, Medlock was money. So that, those are just some of the memories. Your favorite Labor Day memories? Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Obviously, twenty nineteen comes to mind as well. The walk yeah. off into Pilt. Yeah, that was a great one. That yeah. was the best one we've had in this stadium oh, to this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Well, it was the last time we won it. Yeah, because we didn't have it in twenty twenty one. We uh, Lost in 22, we lost. Yeah. So, Got to come up with a victory here in 23. Should have won it last year. This is a winnable game, man. Here's the uh, here's my now. You Fajardo have... threw that pick last year. That was last year's game, right? We had yeah. the, we had the ball late. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was uh, that was one where he shouldn't even have thrown it. Yeah, it was terrible. It was him and Jason Moss screwed that one up. Uh, so here we go. I've got my power rankings here, Zinger. So here we go. All right. I've done two versions of it because people were kind of going back and forth with me on Twitter. So I took a little input from them. So it's almost me and some of the fans. Here we go. Toronto's number one. I mean, they are the defending Great Cup champs. They got the best record in the league, and they're finding ways to win. Yeah. Um, so they're number one. Number two, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are number two. They've tried to give games away. You can't even say they don't beat themselves. They just haven't been beaten. Like they, they tried to give the game away to Edmonton. Edmonton couldn't get it done. They tried to give the game away to, uh, Calgary. Calgary couldn't get it done. They tried to give the game away to Montreal. Montreal couldn't get it done because they couldn't move the ball on offense. How many times, how many times do you throw two pick sixes in a game and you still win and win by 30 points, Zinger? Well, they can't be doing that against like all those teams you just named are like at the bottom. Of yeah. the power ranking. So well, if, they, right. if they do that against like better teams, they're going to start racking some else. So baby. let's hopefully it's the Riders, who I've got at three. This was a coin toss for me. Riders, BC. Now, I think BC, normally I'd put them ahead of the Riders, but the Riders just beat them. They beat them with their third string quarterback. And BC hasn't looked very good the last two weeks. And that was a really bad loss. That was a horrible loss to the Hamilton what was Tiger Cats. 30 13, I think. Yeah, 30 to 13. Now, one was that chintzy onside kick that White took back, but hey. Hey, still, baby. Still count. So I got BC at four. Uh, I don't think Vernon Adams can win you three playoff games in a row. I think he's a talented quarterback, and I don't blame him 
for like that wasn't all on him the last game. He had a lot of drops from his receivers uncharacteristically. Actually, the last two games because Keon Hatcher catches that one in the end zone. Maybe it's a different story with the Riders. Number five, I've got Montreal. They've got a lights out defense, decent special teams, offenses. Uh, I mean, they got a couple of nice receivers, and that's Tyler Sneed, who's going to probably be rookie of the year, I think. Mm. And, um, and of course, they've got uh, Austin Mack. William Stanback seems kind of pedestrian right now. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, Cody's running into a lot of sacks. Their offensive line has not been great at times, but I think it's more a Cody thing. So uh, I got Montreal at five. I've actually got Edmonton at six right now because Edmonton played well against Winnipeg. They played well at times against the Riders, but let's just go in the last three weeks. Played well in Winnipeg, against Winnipeg, should have won that game. Went to Hamilton and won that game, and then no doubter yesterday against Ottawa. So I got Edmonton at six. I got Hamilton at seven. They come up because that's not easy to go uh, east to west, right to left, go to the left coast and win that game. That's a big win by Hamilton. Uh, actually, let's give kudos to Taylor Powell. He actually looked pretty good in that game. He looked like a competent CFL quarterback against a pretty good BC Lions defense. They did enough to win. James, the Butler did it. James Butler was running rough shot over his old team and that was great. Good for Steinauer. Nice win there for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I got camera. I got Calgary at eight. They're a weird team because they've been in the mix a lot of these games and just haven't been able to get it done. Like that Toronto-Calgary game was thoroughly enjoyable. I know you didn't watch it because you were doing the Rams game. It was a thoroughly enjoyable back-and-forth game, but uh, Jake Mayer just can't seem to make the plays when he needs to make the plays. So I've got them at 8. This is going to be a great home-and-home series because for the first time in a long time, these teams are evenly matched. They are. And they're bottom feeders. Usually Edmonton's got a scrape and claw the last little while to have a chance, usually in that second game. Like Trevor Harris, I think, stole him a game once when Edmonton, when he was the quarterback of Edmonton. But generally, it's like ours. We win here, Winnipeg wins there. Calgary wins there, and Edmonton has a good chance to win back in theirs. I think Edmonton could win both, or Calgary could win both. That's yeah. going to be going to be real interesting. And then I've got Ottawa at nine. Oh, those uh, poor Dustin Crum has come back down to earth. He yeah. was supposed to be the next thing. Once again, perceptions, everything, facts are negotiable. We that's a, we can't get. The way the riders got to approach this, I don't care if it's Jake or Mason. People are talking, is Mason really going to start? I don't think it matters if Mason or Jake starts. They're 1A and 1B. I think they'll probably go with Jake Dolagala, but also when I ask Coach at 505, I can guarantee he's not going to tip his hand. I think you have to give it to Jake the Snake Dolagala. I think you do. I think you do. I think you do. I I also think this is a random thought, but I think BC and Montreal, they should just have the bye this week because that game just does not fit into these other three great games that we have, like Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Calgary, all the tradition, all the grit, and then you kick off the week with BC versus... Like, I've never understood that game. Just give those two teams well, the week off. That's why you need... Sail out to the that's sunset why for you a need, bit. That's why you need a team out east, like you know Halifax. I mean, you need the you need the BC... You need a BC rivalry uh, with a, with the Nova Scotia rivalry. You need that Maritimes, East Coast, West and Coast. And give Montreal the Montreal the buy there. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I just just the game don't fit. You know? This is a weekend you could, for tradition. Because you could give Montreal and Ottawa because because you could give Montreal and Ottawa the buy, right? 
Yeah. Well, if you had a 10-team league is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like Montreal, I, I believe Montreal has played Ottawa before on yeah, Labor Day have. weekend. They lots. Have. But I just like that, that, that lingering game, that outsider game, I feel like, you know... Hmm. It's, it's like this. This is a special weekend on the calendar here. Let's just great, keep it. Let's keep the tradition here. It is a great weekend. I can't wait. It's going to be outstanding. So that's. Do you agree with mostly what I said there? Yeah, yeah. I think I. There was one in there that I was kind of what? thinking. Edmonton, uh, Hamilton, Calgary, uh, Ottawa is my bottom tier. W- what was number five? Is Montreal behind BC, and then Riders are third. Yeah, People I, are telling me I should switch Riders to fifth, move BC to third, and Montreal to four. No, because you, Montreal killed us. But I'm going to tell you, Montreal. I think BC deserves to be down there after they lost to us in that egg yesterday. I mean, they sucked. So, no, I, I agree with that for that's, the most that's part. Kind I, think, of, yeah. I think Hamilton deserves to be bumped up. And I think Edmonton's playing really good football. Yeah. Like, they've got a great defense. And Trey Ford is, he's right now must-see TV when you're watching him play football. And that's why I pick Edmonton to beat Calgary. Labor Day and probably the rematch. Because I, I think that they're better at the quarterback position. And if you look across the roster, I mean, their roster might be better than Calgary. Well, I'll tell you this right now. Team. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have... They are, they've got to be breathing a sigh of relief because in the last couple of weeks, they've got some great help on the scoreboards. Like mm-hmm. BC's back to the pack now. Yeah. Um, Ottawa's really sunk when we were talking Ottawa crossover when they were coming here. Hamilton Tiger Cats are still behind the Riders in that sense, and we only play them once, so that's going to be a big game. And the Riders have already won the season series with Edmonton. So people are talking, Edmonton playoffs. Well, listen, Edmonton's got to catch Saskatchewan. Right? Yeah. And we are basically, if you want to use the baseball analogy, the Riders are three and a half games up on Edmonton, right? Because we've won the season series already. Mm-hmm. Those were two well, huge wins. Like it, and it, think about those, Zinger. Think about those for a second. Sorry for cutting you no, off. No. The Riders had a goal line stand in the first week, guaranteed win to start this whole thing, to keep that game in their favor to start to get to one and one after they had lost a home opener to Winnipeg. Then... Edmonton screws up, mm-hmm. screws up by giving up a point in the end zone on the Rouge, and then Taylor <laughs> Cornelius can't move him 10 yards. Can you imagine if Trey Ford was in the game? He runs for 10, they kick a field goal and win. It's just it's those little things in a season that can change the whole fortunes around. Yeah, if you're an Edmonton Elks fan, like you better be cheering against the Hamilton Tiger Cats because like the way the Elks are making the playoffs, if they do make the playoffs, them and Calgary... More than likely, it's going to be you know through the crossover, and as it sits right now, uh, Calgary is three and eight, like we stated. Uh, Edmonton's two and nine, and Hamilton's four and six. So the crossover ain't happening right now. No, it's not happening either way. So right now the Riders are sitting pretty. If you if the Rough Riders could get a split here, win this one against Winnipeg, which is doable, and you know you okay they win their Labor Day rematch. Then we're six and six with six to go, and our quarterback is on track to come back in October. QB one. Hey, think, think, think of this. Think of this situation here. Okay, Riders win, or let's start off the week. BC loses to Montreal. Riders beat Winnipeg. The Riders would just be one game back of the Lions for second and a place, cha- and a chance to go there at the end of September to win the season series. Yeah. So it's like a whole playoff game still in the question. That's that's the beauty. And and you know what? And you know what? We we talk about this. 
And in some ways, yes, you hear the word lame. It's only a nine-team league. But you can't compare the the nine-team league to the 32-team league and the, all the money and more people and all that stuff. Let's just be happy with what we got, like Amar Doman was saying. But with the nine-team league, Zinger, a lot of teams still have a chance to get to the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. I mean, you're never out of it till you're out of it. Imagine if there was only uh, imagine if there was only two teams that made the playoffs out of each division. I mean, like, well, why are we playing all these games for no. when it comes down? I mean, I'm excited about this game on Sunday. Could be one game back to the Lions for a for a home playoff game. Yeah. With half a season to go. And the, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a great football team. They're 9-2, and two, but they're not as good as they used to be. They're a beatable team. And this is where the crowd, I think there's 1,100 tickets still to go, remarkably. I think the Riders are going to win. The Riders, I do too. And the Riders need the 13th man to be in full throat. We don't want those tickets snapped up by Bomber fans. We want green and white in the crowd. This is the game of the year right here. We need, can you imagine the momentum if you could push them over the top? And it's going to be a beautiful teams day Teams do weather. play well. In front, yeah, twenty-seven degrees, partly cloudy. I saw thirty-one on the side. Awesome. I saw. Like- so let's let's rock and roll here, Rider Nation. Let's get behind these boys, uh, five and five against the nine and two Winnipeg Blow Bummers, who have not won three straight Labor Day Classics in over forty years. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on six twenty CKRM. Extremely hard with a sham Brooks in there. Old line control the line of screens with beneficiary, and that looks good on Chris Jones. Refreshing for Chris Jones, and for the first time in forever, the Edmonton Elks win at home, snapping a 22-game home losing streak. I cut him off, losing skin. You like that? So the the clutch performers go to the whole Edmonton Elk organization. I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, their first win since whatever it was in 2019. 1,415 days. Yeah, so something to cheer about in the city of champions, if they still call it that. The Edmonton Elks, your sports cage clutch performers for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger. Rogator, Gleaner, and Fantealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Your North Dakota Fighting Hawks. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I know you like that one. I cannot wait for this weekend. I'm going to watch that game, Drake Bulldogs and the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, and then I'm driving home for uh, the Labor Day Classic. This is when the season starts. Everybody says, everybody who plays Canadian football, coaches Canadian football in the CFL says, this is when the season starts, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. The hits get harder. The plays get more magnified. The decisions, this is it. I can't wait. We better have 
have a sellout for this game. There's 1,100 tickets still to be had, and I don't pay for tickets, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slap the fans' wrists. But it's gonna be it's one of the last nice outdoor day uh, game days. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. Uh, the end of summer, the last long weekend of summer. Winter they got, is coming. They got they've got a they're gonna have a flyover. They're gonna have a bunch of activities. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, let's not let the win it. They call it. It's embarrassing. They call it IG Field West. That's what they're calling it because they they've owned IG us here. Field. They've owned us here except for the Grey Cup. <laughs> uh, I remember that game. Yeah, remember that game. Anyway, hey, that's so, going to be a lot shorter of a drive for you this year, huh? Compared to Lincoln, oh, Nebraska. That's yeah, going to be nice. What yeah, is it? Nine hours compared to no seven. Seven. Exactly well, half. Bad. Exactly yeah. half. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. my daughter's going down with me. It's going to be a good time. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. The text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. Uh, you can also call that number or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. Let's talk about a couple of other sporting things. Uh, John Herdman, who coached both the men's and women's national soccer teams, is quitting effective immediately to take Toronto FC's top job. Says the Athletic. Uh, he basically he's called out. Soccer Canada for being pathetic. Yeah, how they I prepare mean, the, the team and everything. They didn't like that. even schedule no. a, a, a friendly for the September international window, so yeah. the guys were just sitting on their couches at home yeah. when everyone else was getting working. Like yeah. that is just bush league. Yeah, like, that come is on. bush league. Hey, how about this? In one glorious, incredible day on the track and field circuit, Canadian athletes Pierce LePage and Marco Arop struck gold, while Damian Warner and Sarah Mitten. Uh, mine silver in Budapest, Hungary. LePage and Warner are decathletes. Arop runs the 800 meters, and Mitten is a shot putter. It's the greatest one-day medal haul. Did you hear that S by me, by the way? Mm-hmm. It was the greatest one-day medal haul in Canada's history at the event, dating back to the debut in 1976 in Malmo, Sweden. So Canada finishes with four gold, two bronze, six medals. So there you go. Did you see also, uh, did you see that uh, U Sports game, Western Mustangs, they beat York? 83. 83. Like, at what point does U Sports do something about the York Lions? Like, they they never win. They score, like, two touchdowns a year. Yeah. Nobody wants to see 83 nothing. No, but you can't blame the Western Mustangs. There's some no, people saying you're, no. No, no, I know you're not. But some people are saying they're running the score up. This is bad for football. Well, it is bad for football, but... If you're a kid on Western and you're practicing your butt off and you finally get into the game, are you supposed to take your pedal off the your foot off the pedal just no. because you're, you're a third tape. or fourth string? You want tape. You want to play. You want to show the coaches. So you're right. They got to do something about that. And can we just all admit right here? Now I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing because my team spent a lot of money and they're not making the playoffs. Like, I've given up on the San Diego Padres. I don't watch one second of their games. I don't even look at the highlights. I used to always watch the game recaps. I don't anymore. Can we just say you cannot expect to make the playoffs if you lose to the Cleveland Guardians, two of three that at home. Just a the, the Blue Jays lost Bichette. They lost Chapman now. Chapman to a finger and Bichette to his quad. And they just can't hit with runners in scoring position. And I ain't no baseball expert zinger, but you are not winning. Uh, you're not making the playoffs. And if you no, do, it'll be a quick I'm exit. I'm not watching anymore. No. I'm, I'm finished. I'm football and hockey mode right now. Absolutely yeah. football and hockey mode. By the way, I was told this. Our sports cage trip to Miami, the the ultimate sports trip number two with CAA travel, Saskatchewan, and the sports cage to Miami, the fifth, the twelfth, Dallas, Florida, 
Pittsburgh, Florida and hockey, Miami Dolphins and Tennessee Titans Monday Night Football. Plus that Dallas game, we get to have a party in a in a luxurious area for us. Dallas, Florida game, okay? $2,700 includes your airfare, your tr- your hotel, breakfast every morning at the hotel, transportation to and from the airport, to and from the games, plus the party there, 2700 based on double occupancy. There's only one trip left from Regina and 12 from Saskatoon. So you want to get uh, calling CAA Travel Saskatchewan and talk to Terry Kazis. Wow. It's going to be a fun one, Ballsy. It's going to be a great time. Pop, if you're from Regina and you haven't bought it yet, you better book your... Or put gas in the car and drive up to Saskatoon. <laughs> uh, this is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. And what do we got today? Well, I already talked Blue Jays baseball. Let's talk some basketball. FIBA World Cup with two wins to kick off the tournament. Canada has now secured its spot as one of the final 16 teams in the second round. So uh, they're doing pretty good right now. They'll need to keep up the strong pace, though, in order to secure a spot in the quarterfinals. Canada faces Latvia on Tuesday. Opening tip is uh, scheduled for 7.30 a.m. Saskatchewan time. Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Now, you can see them in person in Fort Coppell or check them out online. You want to do it the more convenient way that way at uh, kevinsmarine.com. Of course, though, you want to check out a boat in person. Who wants to look at it online? Um, The Labor Day rivalry goes from the football field to the golf course. The first annual Labor Day Golf Classic takes place at Aspen Links uh, September the 2nd, which would be Saturday, hosted by Ballers Rec Room, the TAP Aspen Links. You can join Rough Rider and Blue Bomber alumni for a day of golf and fun, followed by awards, prizes, dinner, and a cabaret at the Ballers Rec Room featuring the Gecko Band. Uh, I believe they're from Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Proceeds donated to Regina Minor Football and the Regina Flag Football League. Uh, enter your team today. Tickets available at eventbrite.ca. Some of the alumni involved, their own Luke Molliner, Andrew Green, Brett McNeil, and Quinn Magnuson. That goes down Saturday um, at the uh, Aspen Links. Uh, and that is your CFL report. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. How about you, Zinger and I have the Riders winning? Now, I don't have a score in my mind yet, but we have the Riders winning the 58th Labor Day Classic to go above 500, which would be remarkable given that they're onto their third quarterback this season. This is from Uncle Lorney in Yorkton, who we like. We thank him for listening. Although I think he's into uh, Grandpa's cough medicine early. What's Lorney got? Here's Uncle Lorney says. It's okay to dream, boys. You guys are still the best hosts, but the Riders aren't going to get a sniff out of Winnipeg. Uh, I don't want them to have a sniff. I want them to. Who'd want to sniff Winnipeg? I don't want to <laughs> I sniff I wouldn't want Winnipeg. to sniff Winnipeg. Are you kidding me? We don't want to get sick. Yeah, no. Are you kidding me? Playoffs look far, far away for the Rough Riders. Uncle Lorney, you should maybe Lorny. look at the uh, playoffs, the, the standings the right way up. The Rough Riders legitimately have the, um, whoa, 
okay, we got to get to this. Um, uh, hold on a second here. So the the Rough Riders legitimately have the um, fourth best record in the league, right? Hmm. Fifth best record. Fifth, so Toronto, yeah. Toronto, uh, fifth best record in the league. That's in the playoffs. By the way, this just came down. <laughs> Ballsy, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, politics. Nathan Rourke's just been cut by the Jacksonville Jags. So Nathan Rourke just released by the Jacksonville Jags, even though he outplayed, absolutely outplayed C.J. Beathard. What will, my friends, what will the BC Lions do? This could overturn the whole apple cart. If he doesn't get, so he got waived. He'll probably go to their practice roster. But if he doesn't stick around a practice roster, I'm not sure exactly what that means. But if he doesn't stick around a practice roster, the BC Lions are going to get Nathan Rourke back. They're going to sign him. That could be like that could tip the whole apple cart over. He'd automatically be the best player in the CFL. Never mind that. What the hell does this guy need to do to make Uh, a? It's embarrassing. I told you that. It's politics. What did I tell you? I didn't just tell you that. Darren Flutie told you that when he was on the show. He said, I love the CFL better. Why did I love the CFL better? Because outside of the ratio, which he said is even important. If you were an American player and you were the better player, you played. Bottom line. No questions asked. That's not what it is there. It comes down to politics, draft picks, how much uh, money you spent. It's crazy. Let's go to the phone line and say hi to Keith Willoughby. Keith Willoughby, the dean of the Edwards School of Business, who knows a thing or two about money being in a school of business, and the guy who's our uh, numbers guy here does CFL simulations. We'll get to that in a second, Keith. How about that? Uh, Nathan Rourke released by the Jacksonville Jags. Amazing ballsy. It's a situation probably where an NFL team doesn't want to be seen as giving up on their own draft pick. So they're looking to make a statement by keeping somebody who they drafted and then uh, getting rid of somebody who was signed as a free agent. Now, he, uh, if he clears waivers, he could be on the practice roster. They, they have 53-man rosters. Teams can put that third guy on the, like the third quarterback on the roster. They're allowed to, but they don't have to. And so, yeah, but I tell you what, any game I watched this year, and I watched all the Jags preseason games, Nathan Rourke was lights lights out and better than C.J. Beathard. Like, come on. Anyway, uh, I'm sure a team will pick him up, but if not, that could be an interesting thing for the B.C. Lions going for. Well, it wouldn't be just the B.C. Lions. You've got to think a bunch of teams that open the vault for Nathan Rourke. He could be a million-dollar quarterback. Why do the Jakes have allegiance to this guy? I mean, the Niners drafted C.J. Like, yeah. the Jags didn't even draft this dude. Crazy. It's craziness, man. So, Ruined my day. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. So I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I'm 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 feeling a lot better after that BC Lions win. Um, Keith, what does the computer say? Because computers don't have feelings. No, the computers don't have feelings, but sometimes I would like to exert my own feelings on the computer. (laughs) Uh, The computer, you know, because it's looking at margin of victory, and that's an area where if you look at the the games the Riders have played, all of our five wins have been by relatively close margins. Four of our losses have been by double digits or more. So let's put that on the table, that when it comes to winning, we win closely. When we lose, generally we lose big. The computer, though, doesn't think too much of the Riders. Um, in fact, if you look ahead to this upcoming game, uh, Labor Day Classic against the Bombers, I thoroughly disagree with the model. The model is giving the Bombers, they're basically making the Riders a 16-point, that 16-point home underdog in the Labor Day Classic, which I think is foolish 
I think the riders... Wait a minute, Keith. Wait a minute, Keith. Wait just a damn minute. You better unplug that thing, plug it back in, smack it a few times. 16 points, Keith. 16, yeah, 16 points because the Bombers just got off a 30-point victory uh, over Montreal, who the computer thinks is the fourth best team in the league. Uh, it's looking at all those factors of margin of victory. It's seeing well, that the Bombers, they had an, a convincing win over the, over the BC lines. Again, I think what the model doesn't look at, though, is the emotions of playing in a Labor Day Classic. You look back, hey, we've won a game with Rocky Butler as our starting quarterback in the Labor Day Classic. Weird things happen in the Labor Day Classic. Again, I'm going out on a limb here. To me, it's, it's, it's 24-22 riders. We went on a late Lauder field goal. Awesome. What does the computer have us for a, a final record? Because if they get this one, if they get this one, I see at least two, if not three more wins. I, I actually see us at, uh, there's, there's a good potential. Now, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Anything can happen as we see it's a week-to-week league. I can see us at least 9-9. Nine and nine. Yeah, the computer sees us right now finishing 8-10, and 10, uh, firmly entrenched in that third playoff spot in, in the West, basically giving us about a 69% chance of making the playoffs. What's really interesting is the computers, and and we'll see what happens with Nathan Rourke and the like, but the computers picking up a bit of slippage in BC. Again, remember BC, they lost to us at Mosaic. They lost at home to Hamilton, uh, which is one of the weaker teams in the East. So right now the computer's actually thinking that we've got about a 6% chance of getting a home playoff game, which if you would have asked the Ryder Nation like two weeks ago, Home playoff game would have seemed really out of um, out of the reach, but hey, six percent, we're climbing up, and I like what that's looking. Yeah, and so uh, they got the, who's their favorite to win the Grey Cup? The the, the computer's favorite, pardon me. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the it loves the Bombers, and as much as I hate to say, there must be a computer built in the city of Winnipeg or something. It's they're almost an eighty percent chance of winning the Grey Cup because they've had convincing victories, nine wins, two losses. Again, they're playing on a bit of a streak, but we'll see what happens Sunday in Mosaic. Okay, so uh, another interesting thing here. Uh, you and I are doing some show prep before. You were, and you passed this along to me, so it's a good talking point. So um, ESPN's been doing some advanced analytics on identifying luck in the NFL. You've decided to try to uh, give this approach to measuring who the luckiest team in the CFL is. And this is the theme that I started for today on the show. I said our theme for today is... Perception is everything, and facts are negotiable. That's what my grandpa used to tell me, right? Like, for instance, yeah. No. For instance, people call here and say, Craig, "I'd rather have Dave Dickinson than Craig Dickinson." Uh, you know, Orlando Steinauer, not that good of a coach. Oh, Bob Dice, they were excited for him, and now he's uh, maybe he's not that good of a coach. But what's the common theme in all those is Orlando quarterback issues. Dave Dickinson, quarterback issues. Bob Dice now, quarterback issues. Craig Craig Dickinson's perceived to be awful, yet his team is on their third quarterback, and they are 5-5, five and five, and he's been pretty successful as a head coach here save for last year so um perceptions everything and facts are negotiable now let's use that to what you were analyzing yeah so what i've been trying to do is basically make like an elementary introductory analysis of who are the lucky teams in the cfl so let's let's look initially at just second down conversions which my position is that's a real key factor in in a team winning a game in fact if you look so far this year the teams that win the second down conversion battle are 36 and 11. So a huge number of the times you, when you, when you win the second down conversion, you're going to win the game. 
but there are 11 games this year in which teams basically did the opposite. If you look at the at the data, what you find out right now is, drumroll, Toronto Argonauts are the luckiest team in the CFL if you look at second down conversion percentage. When they tend to lose the second down conversions, they still win the game. A good case in point is touchdown Atlantic. The Riders had a decided advantage in second down conversions, yet the final score was 31-13. The Argos yeah, I'm not saying they're not a bad, they're not a good team. They just find other ways of winning games. But to me, I don't know how long Mac and Carroll. It'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the year because I think right now they are the luckiest team in the league. Keith, this is always fun, man. So just to reiterate, I don't have a score yet, but we're all in agreement. Though Riders will beat the Blue Bombers. You you have it tight though. I have it tight, twenty four twenty two. Again, I I would love if I can get a split out of the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl. To me, that puts us really good. We're 6-6 six and six and the last third of the season where we've got some winnable games, and then we'll see if we can get up to second place. Well, I, I will say this. Your computer doesn't really... Yeah, they see a, your computer sees a 30-point win over uh, Montreal, but how often does a team throw two pick sixes and win by 30 points? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's only looking at margin victory. It doesn't, know how, it doesn't know what you did to get there. So, again, that's... Uh, a key point you raise, Ballsy, that sometimes you got to look, you got to kick the tires of the stats to see what's really driving the behavior. Hey, and isn't it amazing? Last year, the talk was the Canadian quarterback, Nathan Rourke, who we just talked about. How about Trey Ford? All I got to say is thank goodness stubborn Chris Jones didn't, uh, didn't go to him earlier. Yeah, it's interesting. I think sometimes we in the league, I think we, there needs to be some opportunity for these great Canadian quarterbacks to get a, a fair shake. Uh, Ballsy, you and I are aware, we've seen in Canada West a number of good quarterbacks come through the U of R to the U of S. To me, I really would like those quarterbacks to get a fair opportunity to really show what they can do at the next level of professional football. Keith, enjoy the Labor Day Classic. Thanks for your time. You bet. Go Riders. All right. Speaking of Go Riders, when we come back on the other side, Jim Hobson will join us here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. A couple of big NFL releases today. Dakota Shepley, former Rough Rider offensive lineman, cut by the Colts. I'm, uh, I've been saying, hey, the Riders should inquire about him, but I, I know they've still been in, I don't know how recent, but they've been in conversations with Brett Jones. Just don't know where that's at, what I've heard. So stay tuned. And Nathan Rourke's been released by the Jacksonville Jags. If he clears waivers, he could take a practice roster spot with the Jags. Totally outplayed C.J. Beathard. So I don't know. Like, it's just politics down there, man. Uh, You were saying you'd be shocked if he doesn't end up with the Seahawks, which Uh, wouldn't be a bad spot for him. I think the Seahawks or the Atlanta Falcons, because you look at the Seahawks, like, they got Geno Smith, but Drew Locke, he, like, let's be honest, like, he's not very He is. What did they ever see in him to give him a second-round pick? I watched that Green Bay game when they played the uh, Seahawks. Seahawks. They also still have Kerry Joseph on the coaching staff. Maybe some uh, influence there. Or the Atlanta Falcons would be high up on the waiver wire list, and they have like three nobodies at quarterback. They have like Ritter, Heineke, and Woodside. Mm. Those are their three quarterbacks. The guy that the guy that walked away from their team, Mariota. There's talk he could get cut by the Eagles. He's been so bad in the preseason. Rourke could walk into Atlanta and be better than all those guys. Rourke is better than a lot of the backups and even a couple of the starters. Let's be honest. Okay, let's get on the phones here and say hi to the former president and CEO of the Rough Riders, Jim Hobson. First out of the gate, uh, Hoppy, uh, how's the health? 
Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a CT scan today, and I haven't had one for a while. And then uh, I got chemo tomorrow, so it's a chemo week. But uh, no, doing well. Doing well. Okay. So, Jim, is this truly indeed from the head office all the way down to the equipment guy, the guy that fills the water bottles? Is this when the season starts right here, Labor Day? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when I listen to our our football guys, you know, Roy Shivers and Eric and so on, you know, they would say that. They said the first part of the year, the half, you know, halfway mark before, you've got to make yourself uh, in a position where you can get to the playoffs. So being 5-5 five and five is okay because that's going to probably get your playoff spot if you can, can keep winning at a, you know, 500 yeah. clip. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and it really gets serious now. And, uh, of course, we're seeing, you know, some teams getting better and some teams not. So it's going to be fun, huh? Yeah. So how do you feel about this team at 5-5 five and five with everything they've gone through? QB1 goes down early. They're on to their third quarterback. I won't say third string, but he's their third one they've used. Uh, you know, it was a, I think that win uh, two weeks ago against BC really uh, flipped the script here because everybody was down on the team, and it's amazing what one win can do. Absolutely, and uh, you know I feel pretty good. Um, I mean, it was really tough losing our number one quarterback because of what he brought to the game and so on. But uh, you know they've they've battled through it, and uh, they, hey, number three or whatever he is, he looked pretty good. And uh, uh, this game is so important because we really need to split with Winnipeg to stay in the hunt, and we're better than at uh, Mosaic and. Uh, if we can do that, uh, we'll, we'll be in good shape going into the back half, huh? I felt like uh, I felt like that was uh, that was the loudest that stadium has been, maybe uh, for uh, probably since the 2019 West Final when the Riders lost that that game against BC. I know you were there; you had to leave in the fourth quarter, but just everybody was in full throat. They were cheering on the team. It, it really felt like uh, like old Mosaic Stadium, which is I think this new stadium. We just we need some more character moments in the stadium. Yeah. Um... That was a, you know, the crowd wasn't as big as they announced, of course. Yeah. Given the size, it was tremendous. Uh, the fans really made a difference, huh? Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, how do you feel sitting in the crowd now? Does it does it feel? Uh, do you feel proud to have been a part of that to build to help to get that thing built? Because your era was the era that really pushed the pushed it forward. Or we probably still would we wouldn't have that. We'd still be a, at the old stadium. And what's it like to sit in the crowd and just uh, be a, a cheering fan now? I kind of enjoy it. Uh, we, you know, we, my uh, my wife sat with this group around us uh, for a long time over at the old stadium, and we all moved over. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a nice group of people. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I got to remind myself sometimes, though, because uh, I still get pretty passionate that I am <laughs> the former president. Maybe you know, screaming at the. And coach or, yeah. or the quarterback isn't something I should do. So I do have to kind of remind myself that. But no, it's been good. And, you know, I've been, it's funny, uh, when I got your call today, I, I reflected on, on the, on the uh, uh, Labor Day Classic mm-hmm. and reminded myself, and I hadn't thought about it a lot, but I reminded myself that in my 10 years, we never lost a Labor Day, which is interesting. Um, we, uh, uh, had some, you know, up and downs. We, you know, 11 was a, you think about 11 and what mm-hmm. we went through there and we got rid of the head coach, uh, Greg Marshall, just before. So we're one and seven going into Labor Day 
with uh, Kenny Miller as head coach, and and Winnipeg is seven and one, and we beat them, and uh, that was a pretty. pretty you won good. both games. You went and beat them in the Banjo Bowl too. Then yeah. the Banjo Bowl, yeah, yeah, beat them both times. I, t- I, I felt that that. It, it was a horrible year and, and everything else, given the success we'd had. But I felt that win went, meant so much. It kind of got our fans back on our side a bit, you know, because they were pretty unhappy with the way things were going. We made the change, and and uh, then we win like that. And so that was pretty big. So 10 wins uh, in 10 years was pretty special for us. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, thought, I thought about, uh, and I asked my wife, and I knew the answer, and I said, so what was your... Uh, favorite Labor Day. She goes, 52 nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always good. It's always good when you can hand it to them, right? Uh, this is a, and this is a like this is the game when a, when the records, you hear that cliche, right, Jim? But records do go out the window here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We saw that in our time. Uh, I saw it back in the day when I played. Uh, interesting, uh, it wasn't the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Classic that it became. In the, in the four years that I was mm-hmm. part of the team as a player, we played Winnipeg twice, and I think we played Montreal once and, huh? and DC once, and we lost one in there. But so it, you know, it, everybody thinks this has been around since you know since uh, the fifties, but no, it was it was really into the eighties when we got the late seventies, eighties that we got uh, into the Winnipeg. Uh, Rider matchup all the time. Well, I love talking to you. I always learn something, and what I've learned today is is that we need to make Jim Hobson uh, an honorary president for the Labor Day game, so that we can win every year. That's what I. That, that's what I think. I'm going to call Craig Reynolds right now. In fact, I know he listens to the show. I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Hobson uh, sits up there with Craig Reynolds as the honorary president. For that's um, what we need to do, Jim. We'll see about that. Another thing, because you got me thinking about this, and I yeah. hadn't thought about. Uh, we won that game 10 times and we did it with three different general managers and four different head coaches and one head coach that had been fired before he got the chance to be there. So it wasn't like we had this, you know, tremendous mm-hmm. ability that, that it, uh, at least in the uh, coaching and GM department, but we had tremendous stability in the player department with, with, with Darian and, and mm-hmm. Wes and the Canadian Air Force. And so we had great stability on the field and we had great stability among the coaching staff with, uh, you know, with Kenny and uh, mm-hmm. Alex Smith and Richie, and and so that was where that's where we won it was with the, with the guys on the field and the coaches. Jim, we're out of time. You cheer hard, okay? I will, and I'll try not to. You know, my, my wife does remind me sometimes. Maybe I should just you know calm down a little bit. But uh, I'm looking forward to a victory this weekend. I really am. Me too. Th- take care. Thank you, buddy. Take care. That's Jim Hobson, president and CEO. Former president and CEO of the Rough Riders, but I think maybe we should get him on board for the game. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show. 936-6262. The text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. 936-6262. The number to call locally. 1-866-767-0620. Kelly sends a text. Wow, what does a guy have to do to make an NFL team? Nathan Rourke was unreal in all three games. Accurate passes. Read the defense. Ran and showed his escapability. Showed his arm strength. Jacksonville so stupid. Hope he gets claimed on waivers. Sounds like he was promised the moon and given nothing. Uh, so Kelly is not happy that Nathan Rourke has been released by the Jacksonville Jags. Now he will clear waivers 
Well, if he does clear waivers, then he's got a chance to remain on their practice roster. People are already on chat boards. Oh, he'd make way more on a practice roster than he would in the CFL. Well, not Nathan Rourke. I know he made ninety grand when he's a member of the BC Lions, but um, he would make uh, oh, let's say well over six hundred thousand as a starting quarterback in this league. And I don't know that he'll be back this year. He'll probably be picked up by somebody in Atlanta, a Seattle. Let's hope. Because he definitely was the better quarterback of the backups in there between he and C.J. Beathard. But Beathard has a little bit of NFL experience. There's a little po- lot of politics involved. As I said, and people were smashing me on Twitter for it back then. It's funny, eh? Gets smashed, but then it comes around full circle. It's kind of like what I tell my kids. All right, let's go to uh, this now, Zinger, if we can. This is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation. All right, so uh, it's brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Uh, you can get fair market value for your things from McDougal Auctioneers, the best in the buying and selling business. Let's go to the phone lines and say hi to Craig Dickinson, who joins us in the Western Pizza Hotline. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Michael. Good. Hello to you as well. Hey, how was fishing with Dad? Oh, it was great. Had a great time and um, didn't catch as much fish as, as we normally would, but I think the cold weather had something to do with that, so they weren't quite as hungry. But I'll tell you what, you can't beat being out on the lake with good people and, and uh, you know, with a fly rod or, or a, excuse me, I should say a, a trolling rod in the in the water just enjoying Enjoying the lake time, where, so it was it was great. Uh, cold, like where'd you go? Antarctica? Where well, did you go? Cold, cold, but we were up at Last Mountain Lake. And okay, it, it rained a little bit one day, and mm-hmm. just a touch cooler, maybe you know, uh, low twenties instead of the high twenties, and the fish just weren't quite biting as well as they normally would. But man, we had a great time. And mm-hmm. um, Rob Schultz is a, is the guide that I always go with, and he's a great dude. And, he got he got us in some good spots. We caught we still caught some nice fish. Um, so uh, <laughs> you and Dad uh, just uh, just uh, it's got to be great just sitting on the boat and BSing with your dad. Yeah, you know he doesn't talk as much as he used to, but uh, he's got uh, you know he's always got a few stories. And uh, he was at the game on uh, on whatever day that was Sunday, and he really enjoyed himself at the game. And like I said, it was just really fun to reconnect with. With pops and to, and to just sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of little bit of downtime makes it a lot easier when it's it's amazing. Hey, eh? we always say football's a week to week league. Like you play Montreal, it was let's be honest, it just was an awful awful performance all the way around. Uh, you you come back home with more rest, you lick your wounds, and you flip the script, and it goes from I heard from fans they're never winning another game to now it's like people are excited. It's funny how football goes. It's probably good for you too. Uh, winning and sitting on a boat with your dad is a lot less stressful than losing and sitting on the boat with your dad. Yeah, it is. It's funner to think about you know some of the things you need to do change and change wise and game plan wise from a, a perspective of winning the game than losing it but you still think about the game you know the bike the bike week's a good way to get get away and a good time to relax but you're still in the back of your mind still thinking about football every day and trying to figure out ways to get just a little bit better are you happy with how these buys were spread out for you guys like you look at the argos they got to go a long way now till the yeah. end till the end how about for yourself yeah, I'm happy with them. I mean, we don't have another one till the end of the year, so 
we got a long stretch here where we got eight in a row. But you know, the nice thing is you wanna you wanna get into kind of a rhythm, and so I feel like uh, you know a bye after a couple of weeks just too soon. So I'm happy with the way it's turned out, and and we're getting healthy at the right time. You know, we're still not going to get some of our guys back, but we're slowly starting to get a few guys back here and there. So I feel feel good about where we're at. Yeah, you have to feel pretty good, man. You lost QB1, you're down, t- you know, you're on your third uh third quarterback is how I'll phrase it, not to mention all the other injuries. Sitting 5 and 5. I mean, that's not the best, but it's it could be a lot worse, right? Yep, and it feels like we're playing better. That's the main thing. It, it just feels like we're starting to make some improvements. Now, we got a, you know, we got a a juggernaut coming into our place this next week. Winnipeg looks awfully good, and, and you know, from watching film these last few days on them, um, you know, it'll be a tough game. But we do feel like we're playing better and and getting healthier, and I think our confidence is a little bit higher than it was a few weeks ago, and hopefully that bodes well for these big games. Yeah, but what are you seeing on tape? Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing. Like I, And I don't expect you to disrespect the team, so you say what you want to say. When I look at Winnipeg, Winnipeg has escaped with three wins in a row here. Now you'll say, well, they won 47-17. That's not really an escape job. When you throw two pick sixes in a game and win by 30 points, you've been around football longer than me, Craig. You know, and more intimately than me, you know that barely happens, all right? Edmonton's up 22 now. Thing. They found a way to get it done, and credit them, they won the game. And your brother's team had them too, and just couldn't finish the deal off. So I think they're nine and two, and they are a good football team, and have been the last three years. But it's not like a a, a twenty twenty one version of the Blue Bombers. Like you can beat them. I believe this is a more than fifty fifty chance the Riders can win this game. Well, I, I do believe you. When I agree with what you're saying, I do think that they're beatable. I think everybody is beatable, especially if you don't come out with with good energy. But that last game against Montreal really impressed me, just because of the fact that they really they spotted them 14 points and they only gave up three the the rest of the way and beat them the way they did. So, um, you know, the game in Calgary, I agree with you. I think Calgary had had a chance to beat them in that game. It just it just seems like Winnipeg finds a way to to make a play here, make a play there, and win the close game. So, um, you know, we're going to focus again, as we always do, Michael, on ourselves. We'll, we'll have a good game plan for Winnipeg, but we're going to focus primarily on ourselves and try to put our best foot forward uh, coming off this bye week. It's, it's going to be an exciting game. I don't know if I agree with the narrative or not, but this was a narrative from some of the fans on our call-in show after the game. So I'll ask you, because you're right there on the ground floor. It felt like the guys really came out and they wanted, well, they wanted to prove that Montreal was a mirage, which I had said earlier, and, I, and I'm glad they did do that. They, they absolutely showed that. But they, the fans are saying, well, they, they seem to really want to play for Jake Dolagala. They really want to play for him. Did you get that sense any more than, say, Mason Fine behind center? No, I didn't. I mean, I think they like Jake, and I think Jake has a certain charisma about him that draws people to him. But I think our guys came out of that locker room and wanted to play the game for each other. And it wasn't just Jake. Maybe it would have been Jake and a couple other guys. I just feel like from the opening whistle, they really wanted to show that that they were ready to play. I do feel like the, the extra rest helped us in that game, and we were fresh. And I just felt like it was time. It was one of those weeks where we had a, an okay practice week, but we really tried to dial up the intensity, especially on day two. And I just felt like it was one of those weeks where our guys, they finally, they finally clicked. They knew that, that if they played a certain way and they gave a certain amount of effort, 
and executed the way that that we feel like we're capable of. We're capable of great things, and I think that was that was what it was more so than uh, playing necessarily for one guy or another. I do think that the offense really rallied around Jake and really wanted to play well for him, but it's about more than that. It's like everything else; it's always about more than the quarterback. Um, it's about the team. All right, we're going to be back with the second half of our conversation with Coach Craig Dickinson for McDougal Auctioneers here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. So I got this at text, Coach Craig Dickinson. By the way, uh, the Craig Dickinson Show for McDougal Auctioneers. We are guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Great coach of the Riders joins us. Uh, Dickie, I got this question from Bob. Bob says, hey, Coach, uh, have you de- in your mind during the bye week on the boat, have you decided who your starting quarterback is going to be? Is it going to be Jake or Mason? It's going to be Jake again this week. Mason's still not able to practice and still – Still rehabbing that hamstring. So you'll see Jake out there again. Yeah, okay, that's good. Thanks for setting that one uh, aside for us. Uh, Coach, uh, this is a week where you don't really have to give a lot of pep talks, I wouldn't think. Uh, You know, I I had Jim Hobson on earlier, and I said, this is a game where everything gets thrown out the window in terms of record, past performances. This is what we like to call a real slobber knocker of a game. I can't wait. So uh, I won't say your job's easy, but you shouldn't really need to pep them up. It's going to be great. Yeah, you're right about that. I think I think the outside noise for the Labor Day Classic, uh, the guys hear it, and I think they understand it's a little different game than other games in terms of rivalry. And the players that have been here before will tell the young guys, "Hey, this is this is a little different game." So make sure you bring your A game. Let's make sure we have a good week of practice, and it should be an exciting. Uh, Exciting afternoon to watch a ball game. Hopefully the weather holds and mm-hmm. we get some sunshine. It's supposed to be beautiful. Hey, Coach, uh, it's right around your birthday, too. Right around your birthday yeah, time, right? Right, right, right. right. Uh, I know that because you're exactly a year older than me. So uh, yeah, that's it. you're you're uh, right about now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, Friday. Absolutely. Yeah, right around then. Uh, Coach, so is there a danger in that, though? I often wonder when you have a big win like that and then you go on a bye week. I was a little nervous when I – it almost feel like you wish you could play one more game, right? Because like you said earlier, you know, the guys see that if we do everything right and it clicks, we can beat anybody in this league. Because then – till then – you know, I don't know how much noise they hear, but it's like, well, who have the Riders beat? They beat Edmonton twice. They beat Ottawa. They haven't really beaten anybody. Uh, Calgary, which, I mean, it's professional football. But you know what I'm saying? You guys beat what people would consider a legitimate contender and had them down early by a lot. Uh, you know, I just wonder, is there a danger in going on a bye week like that? Well, you don't get to really choose. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the one thing, man. You don't really get to choose. Would we have liked to play it again? Probably yes. But, you know, at the same token, you know, um, it's it's nice to go into a bye week feeling confident about your team. So mm-hmm. we don't get to pick where we play or when we play. We just got to make sure we're ready to go when, when that day comes. So we'll be ready for this game on Sunday, and we're going to have a good week of practice and preparation for it. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Early on, just watching the Winnipeg games, they've got a, still a great old line, but Father Time is tapping them on the shoulder a bit. My word's not yours. Uh, BC showed, and some teams have showed, if you can get Rush off the edge, you can maybe uh, collapse that pocket a bit. And where I'm going with this, Pete Robertson has been steady for the most part, but Anthony Lanier's starting. It seems like he's starting to pick up on that, on that defensive end spot, or is it a combination of that and the fact that he's healthier 
I think a little bit of both. Um, I mean, he's just such a good player. got such length. Um, I think wherever you line Anthony up, he's going to cause some problems for teams. So whether he's on the edge or whether he's inside, I think he's a tough matchup. And I think Pete's been playing outstanding as well across from him. And I think you add in the way our defensive tackles have played, I think our D-line gives us a chance on defense. And I think other teams recognize that. So we're going to continue to emphasize trying to get home with our our, our big fellows up front and, and play good pass coverage behind them and, and hopefully get a chance to disrupt the timing of, of Caleros because he's still, he's still the best of the best, in my opinion. He, he, I think he's an MVP guy. And to beat Winnipeg, you got to hopefully get him on a tough day. Yeah. Um, I also like the way Miles Brown, it seems like he's catching on to this CFL game. He had a, he had a pretty good game last outing. Yeah, he's a good athlete, really active, you know, really does a good job of moving his feet and, and using his hands to get off a block. So he's figuring it out, you know, and Micah Johnson's having an outstanding season. He, you know, uh, the veteran guy mm-hmm. that he is, he, you know, he doesn't look to be slowing down much at all. So um, Christmas has played well also inside. Charbel's done a good job. So we feel like we've got a good defensive line and we want to rotate those guys and give them, give them all a chance to contribute. Uh, so what do your conversations look like with Jeremy O'Day as it relates to? Because I know you had talked to him earlier, and he had been on this show saying, too, that he's interested in playing football again if he can't get into his uh, schooling in Saskatoon. That would be Brett Jones. I know he's been helping out with the Rams. Uh, and then Dakota Shepley just got cut today by the Colts. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And, and any, any talking with the, with, the, with, the, with the GM Jeremy O'Day about those two guys? Nothing, nothing specific about those two, no. I mean, I will say this. We're always looking to upgrade our team and and add good players, and and we'll have those conversations when when mm. the time comes. But nothing specific on those two. Um, you know, there just hasn't been a, a lot of action on either front. I mean, Dakota, that just happened today. Mm. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna you know make sure and and try to try to uh, see what his options are down south before he comes back up. But those are two good football players that you know still have a lot of. A lot of gas left in the tank, and hopefully decide they want to keep playing. I had that Darren Flutie on the show a while ago, who just went into the Tiger Cats ring of honor. And you could speak to this because you've coached both uh, sides of the border. Now, listen, we got the ratio here, which I think is a Canadian's important to have. It's a good nuance to our game, and you've agreed with that. But Darren Flutie said, besides the ratio, which we've, uh, which he admits is part of the game, he said it's it's a lot, it's a lot more fun here in Canada because of the rules but also because it's less political like he said there's let if you're the best player you play we saw nathan Rourke kind of get caught up in that right now did, did you find it to be a more political game down there than up here i know there's politics up here too i get it yeah. but it seems and to I, be uh, yeah. more down there i think what darren means by that is is there's so much money down there that when teams draft a guy or make a commitment to a guy that guy's playing no matter what. And uh, his brother, Doug, can tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah. Doug, Doug's been on the on the wrong end of those sort of deals. So I think that's what he means. And, and especially you get up to Canada, maybe your highest paid American's making 160 to 180, which is, is a lot, but it ain't like down south where they're making $8 million. So So if you're a good football player, especially as an, as an American, and you come up here, you're going to get a chance to play. And I think that that eventually the best guys do play up here because there's not as much money tied into them as there is down south. And I think 
he's correct when he says there's a little less politics up there. I would agree with that. One more for you, Coach. I, my my uh, theme of the show today is perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. One of the things my grandpa taught me, right? And I've had phone, I've had phone calls here. Uh, you know, I'd rather have the Dave Dickinson than the Craig Dickinson, and he, you know, you know what I mean. I've had that before. Uh, your brother is three and eight, and his team is really struggling. Two games behind you in the standings, uh, and I've had people say, "We got to oh, can't wait till the season's over." Not everybody, but I can't wait till we move Craig Dickinson out. Do you, do you snicker when you hear those things? Because I look at your record: you're five and five on your third quarterback. Your team has the fewest penalty yards in the league, and and you've been pretty successful here as a head coach. Do you do you lean on your brother? Do you guys talk like that? Because you it's it's an interesting relationship. You're in professional football doing the same job in the same league. Yeah, you know, I don't spend a ton of time on it. And and, and you, if you look at Dave's record, I mean, I'm going to go to bat for him. He's got, he's got an outstanding record. This year he hasn't obviously had as much success, and there's lots of reasons why. Uh, I think the record here that, that we've been able to put up has, has been pretty decent if you look at it over five years here. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. It doesn't, doesn't mean that that's the only thing we stress because it's not. For us, it's about more than wins and losses, but I understand, and, and the people in this building understand, at the end of the day, it's wins and losses, and are you doing doing a good job of, of getting your guys ready to play week in and week out? And we feel like we do that here, and some fans, honestly, I think they just get tired of, of seeing the same people, and that if they have an opinion, they certainly have the right to express it. But I've got enough work to do here and enough you know, pride in doing a good job that I don't have a ton of time to... To, to listen to that, and it doesn't motivate me, to be quite honest. I'm motivated by the guys that I work with on a daily basis and trying to do the best I can for the players in that locker room. And whatever happens at the end of the year is whatever happens. Hey, Coach, a two quick texts came in here. Dale wants to know, Dale and Melford, what do you think of the running game? Do we have enough uh, personnel, right personnel to fix it? I, I thought it wasn't too bad the last game, to be quite honest with you. I, yeah, I think we got to always work. That's something I'm always going to hammer is we want to run the football. We want to run for 100 yards. That's our goal each and every week. Last week, I think it was 85 or something like that. So we want to run for 100. Um, and that's something we're going to continue to emphasize. And it's not just the responsibility of the back. It's it's the responsibility of the guys up front. And we've got to do a good job of getting in the lead so we can lean on that run game. So do I think our run game is where it needs to be? No. But I, I think it's getting better week in, week out. And I think by the end of the year we're going to be where we want. To be. Lastly, I'm going to uh, I'm going to piggyback this text we got from Dwayne. Dwayne says, "Hey, coach, can you hit the boys again with a little P and V before uh, the game with a pep talk? Because they came out and played with P and vinegar. Uh, it was awesome." Um, d- my question to you is, do you pick your spots when you, you know, you kind of laid down the law a little bit last week, which I, or two weeks ago, which I liked. You didn't like the effort. You came out and said it. It wasn't the, the politically correct Craig uh, uh, Dickinson. Do, do, you pick, do you pick your spots? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, sometimes emotion gets the better of all of us. So there's times you'll catch me and I'm just pissed off about something and I'll say something because <laughs> I'm, I'm emotional about it and, and I'm in the moment. But for the most part, I tend to be pretty um, measured and pretty uh, poised in what in what I say, and I do think you can win some games on emotion, and that was something we tried to do last week or two weeks ago. Is emotionally, we wanted to be charged up coming out of that locker room because I felt like that could carry us a little bit, and I think it did. Uh, but I do feel like you, through an 18 game season, you got to 
you can't rely on emotion to win you win you every game. So we'll we'll be measured in what we do in terms of our approach with the players, but we'll continue to work on being um, accountable and executing during practice. There'll be times when I'll uh, I'll raise my level of emotion, and there'll be times when I'll bring it down. And sometimes I don't even know when those times will be, but um, they'll come. They'll come as needed. Awesome, man. Well, you just turn TJ Brunson and a bunch of them loose, and we'll get going. That's for sure. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Have a good day. Take See care. You. We'll talk to Coach Craig Dickinson later in the week as practice resumes on Wednesday. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Well, the news coming in within the past hour, Nathan Rourke has been released from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now the process is if Nathan Rourke clears waivers, the Jags can place Nathan Rourke on the practice squad, but I don't think that Nathan Rourke will clear waivers, but uh, we shall wait and see what that process brings. The Toronto Blue Jays, they take on the Washington Nationals tonight after the Jays had a huge letdown over the weekend, lost 2-3 versus the Cleveland Guardians. Oh yeah, the Winnipeg Rifles got thunderstruck by the Regina Thunder, they had their home opener yesterday, a jam-packed liable field, people sitting on the berm too, watching the Thunder fall down 14-0 early to Winnipeg, but rally for a 45-14 victory. They're 3-0 and and now on a bye, they come back and host Saskatoon here at Mosaic Stadium next week. I believe it's next week. If not, it's the 9th. It's right around there. They get Their next home game is against Saskatoon, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I can tell you this for free. They haven't lost a regular season game in... The PFC since October 20th, 2019. Congratulations to Scott McCauley and the Thunder. They got a great program rolling there in North Regina. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You heard here from McDougal Auctioneers, Coach Craig Dickinson joined us and uh, breaking news exclusive to the Sports Cage. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders will start Jake Dolagala for the 58th Labor Day Classic, his third start. Last one went great, knocking off the BC Lions. He'll go against a good Winnipeg defense. Not great, but a good Winnipeg defense. They got that ball-hawking guy, Demario Houston, though. That guy uh, has, I think he's got seven interceptions and a fumble recovery. He's been all over the stat sheet. A turnover machine for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, uh, uh... He will be the starting quarterback. Well, Jake Dolagala, Mason Fine, still not uh, good to go for the Rough Riders. So it'll be Jake Dolagala, Shea Patterson, Antonio Pipkin. Um, we'll try to get a hold of Manny Arsenault tomorrow. I don't think he's going to be answering his phone here. Uh, they've got uh, some off-field stuff, and he's busy coaching athletes too. So, um and, and in fairness to him, I did tell him 535, so we were a little overtime. Mm. So, uh, Manny Arson, I'll try to line that up tomorrow for us. Uh, the, the big stories of the day, Nathan Rourke's been released by the Jacksonville Jags. 
Uh, he'll clear waivers, and uh, if he does, he can accept the practice roster spot. Everybody that I've, like the Farhan Lalgies and the Dave Naylors say there's 0% chance he'll come back to the CFL. I don't think he clears waivers. He has to be claimed. Like, what else does a quarterback need to do in three preseason yeah, but, games but, but, to but, but, not but, but, latch onto one but, but, team? But, here, but here's the thing, Zinger. All these trash here's quarterbacks. The, here's the thing, Zinger. If he goes back to Jacksonville, yeah, he's on the practice roster, and he's one twisted ankle away from getting onto the, I guess, the active roster. But is he ever going? Is he really going to get on the practice roster? Is he really or on the regular roster? And I'm not cutting him down. I want the kid to make millions. I'm all for the players. Like I'm mad, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. It's too bad. Is he could be facing his second Tommy John injury in the last five years, which is going to cost him about 150 million dollars. Now he's still a multi multi millionaire, but I wish that would have happened to him after he signed for 600 million somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm Nathan. Nathan Rourke, I am hoping I get claimed on waivers because that means I have another shot at being on the active roster going into, you know, week one, more than likely. If he clears waivers, he's not going to be on the active roster in Jacksonville for week one, but there is a slim chance if he gets claimed by somebody, whoever he gets claimed by, that's the team he's going to. He he doesn't have a choice to be like, I don't know. That's his team. And and, And there were a lot of teams that worked him out, but they've also move down the road to other guys. He's not just going to walk in. No, I know. He's going to be on a practice roster somewhere else and be buried for the rest of the year. So that's my question to Maybe you. Maybe a team is the caring. Scotch, the Scott Schultz of the Worlds tried two times to make the NFL, and he came back here uh, and was happy to come back here, local guy. Andy Fantu's left, put on weight to go down to the NFL, didn't work out, and was never the same. Weston Dressler was, he came back and was, he didn't have to put on any weight, Uh uh, Jordan Williams Lambert, Braden Lenius. Like sometimes, what is so wrong with coming here and being the face of the Canadian Football League as a Canadian player being fans are adoring you and people say well he, he makes more in the practice roster no he doesn't if he came to the CFL right now he would be the highest paid player in the CFL and it would he'd make 700 grand. You don't tell you're going to tell me cuz I think he's a free agent. If I'm not mistaken, he's a free agent. If he comes back here, I love Trevor Harris. I love Trevor Harris. I'm glad we got him. But what would be stopping, if I'm the GM of the Rough Riders, am I not saying, okay, well, I guess, Trevor, you're going to rehab the rest of the year. We're going to sign this guy. I'm going over the cap. I don't give a crap. I'm offering him every free car, free house. Like, he's going to be my quarterback for the next 10 years. He'd be a bloody god, not only here, but in the whole league. And you don't think Amar Dolman's going to set that guy up for life? Like, and and he's a competitor. He wants to play. Who wants to hold a clipboard or practice and the guys get to play? You you practice to play. That's the fun part. It's just ex- exhausting. It's embarrassing. It's exhausting every opportunity that you have to you know make twenty million dollars like these starters do in the league. Like I don't I don't blame him if he sticks around for you know this year next year really. Because he because he does have the talent to be a starter in the league. He has the talent to make $20 million a year. So why not test it for a couple years? He can always come back here. He's still young. He's 25. You know? With that said, you know, I would like to see him in the CFO, but... Well, I think that's what I'd love to see, too. Yeah. Uh, other breaking news, uh, Dakota Shepley is cut by the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, he's an offensive lineman that was with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And um, maybe he comes back here again. That'd be great. Uh, you heard Coach Dickinson say that 
they're always having discussions, but not specifically on the two guys I talked about throughout the show, Dakota Shepley, which just happened, and Brett Jones, who was on this show saying he wasn't really done with football. He was still working out. I know he's helping the Rams as an offensive line a kind of tutor. I wouldn't say coach, but a tutor, and that helps him work out. I don't know if he's been accepted at the U of S because he was trying to get into school there. Uh, if he, if he, like I've texted him, he hasn't got back to me. So uh, there's that. And then the other thing that uh, was the big story today is from our show is Jake Dolagala will start the 58th Labor Day Classic against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mason Fine yeah, not ready to go. Put that one to rest. Yeah. Put that one to rest. So there you go. All right. Uh, 936-6262, the number to text. When we come back, we'll wrap the show up. Uh, in style, as we're going to hear from Dwayne Mandruziak, the longtime equipment man of the Edmonton Eskimos. He uh, rubbed shoulders on a few occasions with... Um, the now departed coach, Rich Stubler of the, uh, well, he's with six different teams. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.